Hey chums, welcome back to a Game With Chums podcast. I'm your host, Paulus, or Paul, or Paulie C, or Paulie D, or just Big Man. Um, whatever name, a nickname, an alias, I can want, I've really, you know, anyone wants to give me. Besire, with me as always is my reliable psychic, Mr. Roars, Rory B, Rory D, Rory F- <laughs> Jizzy C. But yeah, Mr. Roars. How you been? What you been doing? What you been playing? Tell me How's about it your going, life. chums. Mm. What have I been doing? Um, well, we're kind of more or less out of lockdown as of sort of tomorrow. I think like pubs are opening back up and stuff, but I've still been staying in and keeping to myself. As you can see, I'm now a professional podcaster, so that's some. Yeah, you got a boom arm. That's some. That's some progress. Got a, yep. got a boom arm for the mic that I bought like two months ago and haven't used yet. Mm. And uh, finally got a new t- webcam, so I'm not you using can, my phone anymore. You, I can, I can, I can hear the quality of the mic. Is much, much. is a big improvement over what you had because you were just yeah. using your phone before, right? And your headset. Using my phone and a headset, and it was annoying. It was probably annoying everyone, but it was annoying me as well because it was just well, a bit picky. From from what I can hear, it's your your audio sounds a lot warmer and a lot more clearer and crisp. Mm, warm so and dulcet. Yeah, it does. You have a deep voice, Roars. You have a very sort of deep and uh, imposing voice, which I don't think really came across on the podcast <laughs> because of the obviously with the 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 headset quality. But with now, it's out with the your better mic. It really sounds nice. It sounds like Awesome Wells kind of sounding. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yes. This isn't even that great a mic. This is like a 25 quid mic. Hey, man. Hey, he's got good reviews. 25 man. quid mic, 15 quid boom arm, 15 quid webcam. Still doing it in the cheap still, ghetto style. Still, still, but moving up slightly. You know, <laughs> moving up in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But so what have, I, what have I been doing other doing. than trying to make myself look like I know what I'm doing on this podcast? Mm. Um, yeah. Staying in. Um, doing a bit of work. Mm-hmm. Um, still playing near Replicant, which is there on the shelf. Um, coming up on the first ending now, so fair way into it. There's there's four. There were four endings in the original. They've added a new one now, so I'm going to go through and do all five endings. Um, so probably today or tomorrow, I'll probably get to ending A. Um, what have I been watching? I've been. I don't remember if I mentioned this last time, but I've been marathoning Ruby because I kind of fell behind. So I'm finally on the latest season of that. Um, it's about it, really. Really, really exciting. Wow. What exciting life. life <laughs> playing, <laughs> playing near and watching Ruby. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, what about you? Myself? Um, yeah, like now that lockdown has been, the restrictions have been easing and everything's opening up again. I mean, like, the, the pubs were allowing people to meet up outside. So any place with a pub garden, they were allowed to open with, you had to like book tables. So I've, I've, I've been out a couple of times uh, on, on dates, you know. Ooh, um, saucy. Or, there you are. I had, I've had three in the last three weeks. So yeah, that's been keeping me busy. Over here. Yeah, well, this guy out. You, you, it's got to be done. I don't want to big myself up, but yeah, uh, uh, just one of those things. And um <laughs> What have I been watching? Uh, Besides copious amounts of YouTube videos, I've been watching Invincible. Uh, I I think we spoke about this on the last podcast. It's like a, it's an an animated series based on the, on a comic, 
very mm. good. I would recommend it. It's not for the faint of heart. It's quite graphic, but it's good. It's fun. It's funny. It's good. It's, it's like sort of quite meta. Um, what I've been things. Yeah, I would recommend if you've got Amazon Prime, give it a watch. It's it's about 40, 40 minutes, 45 minutes each episode. So it's quite meaty. It's very entertaining. Um, what I've been playing, besides the topic we're going to talk about, which is uh, Mass Effect, um, I've been playing like Apex Legends. Bit too much, I think. Uh, <laughs> I did a live stream moments before this uh, this podcast. And near the end, I, I was getting visibly frustrated. It's one of those things where you just you start well, and then you get, you, and then you reach a plateau, and it starts to spiral. It starts to spiral, and then you, you sort of have. And to you sit, don't know when to quit. Yeah, you sort of have to sit back and go, "Look, I'm not, I'm not doing myself any good here. I sort of got to stop playing and give give myself a break." I do that on Halo multiplayer all the time. I have a really bad game, get pissed off, and think, "All right, I'm going to have another one. This one's going to be better." Then yeah. that one's worse, and then you just keep going, keep you going, saw, making yourself more and more wound up. You just got to sort of have a break, have a cup of tea, a have a Kit Kat, yeah, and just oh, the chocolate back. biscuits are available. Have a bourbon. I like it. I do like a good bourbon. Custard uh, cream. Custard creams are good. Yeah, I used to really like wagon wheels. You know, like have you ever had a like? You remember wagon wheels? There's no jam in a wagon wheel these days. I'm sure. I swear there used to be jam in a wagon wheel when I was a kid. There was a little, a little was, bit in the middle. There was that cream marshmallow. Cream, marshmallow. Yeah, I think there was a jam on top of it, like on top of the, the marshmallow. Sure there, yeah, I'm sure there was a little bit of jam in the middle. Uh, but yeah, now like it's, it's one a of the conspiracy. I was think I was like thinking, oh, fuck, a wagon wheel. I really want a wagon wheel. I haven't had a wagon wheel, and it's like just a big chocolate wheel with like uh, biscuit and marshmallow, biscuit and marshmallow. It's fucking great. And um, yeah, so I've been playing Apex, eating wagon wheels, eating wagon wheels, um, going on dates because I like apparently I'm, I'm a Casanova. <laughs> um, just uh, yeah, it's just um, working and. Uh, and um, playing uh, too much Apex, but yeah, like so, that's, that's that's how things are going. I'm glad everything's opening up because, like yourself, you've had you've been fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my vaccination at the end of the end of May, my first one. So then my second one's not until August. So that's a two month gap. So, uh, but hopefully, like once I get get that done, we, everyone can meet up and we can start living our lives again. Yeah, I had three months between mine. My first one was in January, and then the second one was in April. All right. But thankfully, they're both done and sorted now. Yeah. But yeah, so once that's all done, and hopefully we get to go to some conventions and meet up and go on some adventures, because like I think we mentioned... We miss on... conventions. We did a whole podcast about it. Yeah, I think we mentioned in one of our podcasts that we you, we had a, an idea for a video about going into uh, a place in Chronicle Play and... Go, setting ourselves a challenge to buy a game for X amount of money and making a video of it. So uh, hopefully we can do that once everything w- uh, opens up. And obviously we'll do our convention videos and and stuff like that because they do really well. Um, but yeah, so that's our lives, Mr. Ross. Terribly next topic, exciting. T- next topic is um, is gaming news. What has been happening in the world of gaming? Have we got any stories? Have we got any spice? Have we got any? Um, do we know? Is there has there been any news? <laughs> has anything happened? Has anything happened? For love of Christ! <laughs> uh. Um, 
I think this came out around about the time we recorded the last one, or maybe just after. But PlayStation and Discord are entering into a bit of a relationship, which yeah. I think surprised a lot of people because the last thing people had heard about Discord was that um, Microsoft were looking at buying them, and then mm-hmm. that kind of fell through for whatever reason. And the next thing you hear is they've uh, announced a deal with PlayStation. I think PlayStation have like acquired a minority stake in them, like a small stake. And um, they're doing some kind of integration with yeah. PlayStation Network, I guess. They haven't. They, they were very sort of surface level on the details when they announced it. They didn't really say much of anything other than, hey, we're going to do some things and stuff. So not much to say about that, but maybe a bit of a surprise given that Microsoft were apparently in fairly advanced talks to buy them. Or was it like 10 billion or something they were, they were looking at? I can't even remember now. Ridiculous Crazy money. money. Ridiculous amount of money. Um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, like Twitter sort of blew up over that. Um, mm. A lot of people against it. Obviously, PlayStation fans very for, and they like to rub it into people's faces that this is happening. It reminded me of when um, the uh, last gen, when PlayStation made a deal with Spotify and Spotify was on on their uh, system exclusively for like uh, two or three years or something. It was the app, isn't it? It was like inter- fully integrated mm-hmm. to the to the, to the um, PlayStation. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot. Of, uh, they were like, "Oh, you know, we got Spotify as well. We can play music and stuff." So, like, cool. Um, oh, it was so, a games console, guys. Yeah, but um, yeah. So it looks like they made a deal, and the deal's not. It's coming through next. It's gonna. They, I don't think they get yeah, the app until the 20, end of the year. I think end of the year or twenty twenty two. So maybe that's an exclusive deal. I'm pretty sure, like. Discord wouldn't limit themselves just to PlayStation because obviously, I, yeah. I mean, no. they already have some limited integration on Xbox anyway. Mm. Yeah. Like you can um, link your accounts and then your Discord status will say like playing blah 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 on Xbox. Mm. So there's already some sort of low level kind of or high level rather integration there. So when this came out, people were like, is this just going to be like the Xbox thing where it just says what you're playing when you're on Discord? Mm. <clears throat> I don't know the fact that I think the fact that they've I think they have I might be wrong here I think they've acquired a small stake in them so maybe you would assume that kind of integration will go a bit deeper but mm-hmm. not a massive deal to me really I mean mm-hmm. I use we use Discord every day anyway yeah. um, you can use so, it on our phones on our, p- our laptops and stuff like that so yeah so if it was on PlayStation yeah it'd be a nice bonus yeah yeah just either of us have a PS5 yeah I don't think anyone has a PS5. No, no. Apparently, <laughs> like the stock, stock, the stock issues are going to carry on until next year. It's ridiculous. Really, it's the same with GPUs as well. Yeah. Yeah. Been putting money aside for a 3080, and there's just, just unless you got two grand to pay a scalper, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, games been released. Uh, Resident Evil Village got released uh, last week from the time of this recording this podcast. Seems um, to be good. Seems to be good. I've watched a few videos. It, it kind of reminds me of Resident Evil 4, but with darker tones. Like it's set in a village, which was same as Resident Evil. It has a, quite a lot of camp in it, mm. which is uh, which Resident Evil 4 was very campy. Very campy, but, yeah. But this seems to take itself more seriously and it seems to have a bit more of a darker tone. Mm. Someone I know that was playing it said, oh, it's like Resident Evil 4. If Resident Evil Four and Resident Evil Seven got like smushed together, I was like, "Oh, interesting." Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I still haven't played Seven yet, so <laughs> well, <laughs> get around to it at some point. Get around to that, mate, because that's a good game. 
I really yeah, like Yeah, it's just being a, just, I, I'm kind of not that interested in first person horror games, which is why it put me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will eventually force myself to play it because mm-hmm. everyone says it's really good. So. Um, another um, game got released. Was it? Um, it's a PlayStation. F- f- I want to say four, five exclusive. Uh, Returnal. Yeah, Returnal a, from Housemark. Was is it, is it like a rogue like dungeon crawler or something like that? With like, yeah, by the looks of it, with like four hour long runs and no saving. Yeah. Yeah. Which people have been getting upset about. I think yeah. it looks really good, but I, I think it don't have a PS5, yeah. so I can't play it. Yeah. People um, are also mad that it's 50 quid and that like this team is a pretty small indie team and all their games were like top-down twin stick shooters before, so people are a bit mad. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, I think any game at 70 quid is fucking mad. I wouldn't be paying that for anything. I mean, like I think the most expensive I um like normal version of a game I've bought is Last of Us Part 2 and that was like what 54 quid or something I got it for and even that I was like fucking hell that's expensive did we mention in the, is mad did we mention on the last podcast about uh, Last of Us 2 that it's getting Last of Us it's getting a remake did we mention that the last podcast I think we I did I do think we did yeah so we don't yeah, have I to go over okay okay um, okay so that's the games that have been released uh no scandals, no, <laughs> no Xbox trying to acquire more studios, which they're, they're still in the market. Wait for E3. They're still wait in the till, market. Wait till next month and we'll see yeah, what happens. We'll see how many people they can upset by acquiring. Because when like, people like a lot of people are upset that they acquired Bethesda and it, the games are going to be exclusive on Xbox and PS P, and PC, and then the same fans who are fans of the games are now saying that their games were, were rubbish anyway. They were buggy. They were terrible. They didn't really work really yeah, well. It happens. I mean, yeah. it happened with Hellblade as well. I remember, because I post on Reset Air a fair bit, and um, I remember every Hellblade thread like before Ninja Theory were bought was really positive, and people were like, oh, the game's so good. Yeah, the, the combat's okay, but it's not the focus of it, and... It looks amazing. The story's great. The performance is incredible. Make sure you wear headphones when you play it. Mm. Every time it was announced for a new platform, people were like, oh, yeah, go out and go play it, guys. It's so good. And then as soon as um, Microsoft bought Ninja Theory, the, it just changed completely. Mm. And then like when, when, Hell, when Hellblade 2 was announced and people were like, I, there were some people going, oh, my God, it looks so good. And others going, uh, first one kind of sucked anyway. It was overrated. So who's, who's even excited? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, like I, I get that you, you're going to be upset if the console you don't own buys a developer and locks you out of games. That's that's completely understandable if you're going to be upset about that. Um, but like pretending you hate games that you like mm-hmm. just because you're annoyed about it is just really silly. But anyway, on a lighter note, it was um, Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest this weekend. All digital, of course, because this is still a pandemic world. Uh-huh. And uh, it was supposed to be in London. I was, I want, I was going to go. I was so excited. And um, by yourself? Well, me and one of the people I play, well, I play with, he's in my free company. I, I, I like Final Fantasy fourteen. I've got my job icon tattooed on my wrist. That's upside yeah. down, but never mind. But yeah, so the fan fest was this weekend, and they announced the release date for the next expansion, which is coming out in November. So I'm excited about that. So there's some positivity to end on for the news section. No. How about that? Oh, that's good, Mr. Ross. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, for the for the for the audio listeners, Mr. Ross has a tattoo of uh, 
What have you got a tower on your stuff again? Something Final Fantasy? It's my the job icon that I play. Job, job icon. For the class I play. For the class. Which class is it you play? Just so you can White get... Mage. I'm a White very mage. benevolent healer. Yeah. Okay. Just, so just go around looking after people. It's just who mm-hmm. I am. Um one thing before we get into the the main topic, uh are you having at the time of the recording, it's about just gone past six o'clock in the afternoon UK time. Are you having anything to drink? Tea, drink, I am whiskey? Not. <laughs> I, had a, I had a nice cup of tea just before we started. Um so that, that did me. How about I, you? I'm drinking currently. For the audio listeners, I'm holding up uh, if my camera can pick it up <laughs> if it doesn't phase out of existence. I'm holding a a, a, a jug of uh, beer. Um, I'm drinking like a, just a Heineken. Yeah. Um, watch the bit of uh, watch the bit of football. My 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 local my my football soccer team for Peter for no, American listeners. Sorry, we're not having that <laughs> uh, football team. Um, <laughs> We we uh my, my my team played and we won so just had a few, couple of drinks before and uh, of course um when I, I was live streaming and I always tend to like um crack open a beer when I'm live streaming just f- for the for the sake of it, it sort of um, relaxes me a bit because I I tend to like uh, when I live stream struggle when it's not when you're by yourself you struggle to what to say to keep it interesting um so. I a bit of social a, lubrication. Yeah, I just need a bit of something like that. I'm not like just to, you know, like loosen me, loosen not loosen the tongue, but just make me more comfortable. But um, yeah, so but today's main topic of the podcast is the aforementioned Mass Effect. Mass Effect has just had a release, which is called the Legendary Edition, which is all three games, including all the DLC for each game been released for current gen consoles both me uh for both mr Ross and myself are massive uh mass effect fans have been since the um the first game was released back in 2005 i believe 2007, on 2007 on the um 360 and ps3 era yeah. Uh, no it wasn't even released on ps3 was it it was no. released on it was uh, it was an exclusive it was 360 exclusive for a year and then it was on yeah. pc in 2008 yeah. i think and it didn't hit ps3 until 2012 i think right so they did the, they did the trilogy box set re-release didn't they on both platforms mm-hmm. i think that was the first time when mass effect one came to ps3 because mm-hmm. i think i think the publishing agreement was five years so mm-hmm. for five years it could only be on xbox but this is this is the time when um, Xbox and Bioware had a had a sort of a, uh, an agreement. They were um, all the games were were coming out on Xbox. You had like you had Jade Empire, you had Nazi World Republic, and you had Mass Effect. There you are. There you go. The first one. Collector's edition. Collector's edition. If the camera can pick it up, signed by Mark Mir. Oh yeah, Mark Mir. That should give you some indication of how what big yeah we. we are. Just before we get into it, we, we we met Mark Mir, the voice actor of Commander Shepard, um, at uh, MCM. We all got some signed uh, memorabilia by him, and we were also wearing a, a T-shirt with Mark Mir's face called um, uh, "Will Bang," which is a yeah. joke. Which we'll is bang, a, okay. Will Bang okay because um, who was the was it on Machinima? Game of Poop. Game of Poop, which was on Machinima, and Machinima doesn't exist anymore. So it's basically <laughs> like a. 
it was um it was like an edited sort of comedy style of the mass effect they did other games as well which they sort of edit the 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 audio so they're saying crude and funny things um <laughs> i believe the videos can still be viewed but they're viewed i'm sure they're still up yeah they're still they're still there but uh the the the, the, the guy who created it i think he was called manslayer that's the youtube channel the guy who created it for machinima um he's still on his channel so um yeah, guys, it was just a running. It was just a running bit where they'd be like, yeah. "Tend the moment," and Shepard would be like, "Hey, well, bang, okay." Yeah, yeah. So we got t-shirts printed up with a picture <laughs> of Mark Mir on the front, and yeah. well, bang, okay. Yeah, I just and then went was... to and then went to the signing. Yeah. And he, he knows that he was like, "Oh yeah, cool." Um, he saw us in the like halfway down the queue, and he pointed yeah. at us and started yeah. laughing. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So we're 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 massive fans of uh, Mass Effect. Uh, like I said, I think we mentioned on um, one of our podcasts about our favorite studios, and I think mine was Bioware. Um, um, you know, like so we like, like I said, we've always been fans of Bioware. Bioware is a very good studio. Uh, it, I want to say that in the past tense was a very good studio, but we'll get into that a bit more. Um, but yeah, the game's been released. Have you played it, Mister Ross? Have you played? I haven't it? yet. I installed it, and it took all day to install for some reason. It installs, then you've got to go into the game and install the other two. two and three. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that because I made I've actually made a, I've made a video of that for our YouTube channel. Um, go and check it out. It's called um, a quick look Mass Effect um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition all prologues. Go and check that out. It's where I play each prologue of each game. It's all edited down into one video. Um, but yeah, like before I was I was going I'm going to record this now, and then I was like, oh. Sh- I got installed two and two and three. I thought that was all installed in one go. Mm. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't dived into it yet yeah. because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm still playing near, yeah. and near is a fairly big game. Fairly Mass big Effect game. is a big game. I, yeah. I kind of want to get near done first. But let's let's talk about like another one. Let, let's talk about like let's start off with Mass Effect One and uh, um memories of it and like our sort of we're going to talk it's going to be very like this is a very nostalgic it's more of a celebration of mass effect because i think mass effect um it's 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 it had it was it was a pinnacle of like uh action rpgs and recent times it's sort of gone downhill obviously with mass effect 3 and andromeda sort of taking the hit sucked yeah um but yeah like that, like we said, that came out exclusively for the Xbox 360 in 2007. And it, I remember it was like they were showcasing a lot of the uh, tech demos of it, everything like that. And I was like, wow, this is this looks pretty cool. And um, but, yeah, what, what was your did you play when it first got released or did you wait a, like, a few months or a year? Like some 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 people do, because it was a new IP and. Obviously, like maybe people weren't too familiar with Bioware because I think Bioware was just coming into the forefront. Obviously, they had a couple of successes with um, Knights of Republic. Jade Empire wasn't as well received, but Mass Effect was, I think, was the game that sort of put them on the on the world stage as the forefront Definitely. of the of the, the the forefront of RPG um, games developers. Yeah, so I I pre-ordered it, which kind of had to because i got the collector's edition that that disappeared very quickly mm. um so i managed to pre-order it and um 
think it was a very savvy move on Microsoft's part because they had, as you say, KOTOR and uh, Jade Empire on the original Xbox as well. They were both console exclusives. And I think both were actually timed exclusives as well. I think they came, both came out later on PC, just yeah. like Mass Effect did. And um, so Microsoft had kind of got their OG Xbox audience acquainted with Bioware. And that was like before that they were making like Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights and stuff and like hardcore PC RPGs. And um, KOTOR was kind of like them sort of dipping the foot into the console space. And I think the people that played played KOTOR loved it because it was something like the console audience had never seen anything like that. And not only sort of that style of game, but the fact that it was a, a really good Star Wars story. And... Um, yeah, I think it was very savvy for Microsoft to then sort of like do the same thing with Mass Effect and kind of like, oh, they're making That's a new it. IP and it's going to be a space odyssey RPG was, as well. So was Mass let's Effect, get in on the ground with that. What Was Mass Effect um, the first RPG? Oh, I can't, maybe I'm probably wrong about this, but where the, the protagonist was fully voiced, every word of dialogue was spoken. Because normally with Bioware games, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure it's with a lot of RPGs at the time. The, the 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 protagonist was a silent was a silent protagonist. He never spoke the words that he you you uh, you um, you selected. Uh, am I right about that? Can you think of anything, or am I completely wrong? Um, I don't can, know. To be honest with yeah. you, I've only played bits and pieces of the Baldur's Gate games, and I can't remember. But I don't no. think no protagonist speaks. Um, and then um, Republic, and Empire, you wasn't. definitely don't. Yeah, but I'm thinking that, like, um, in terms in of general, RPGs, yeah, I don't think any of the protagonists, maybe The Witcher and stuff like that, obviously, that was, that he was fully voiced and stuff. Yeah, so. that, that was the same year, as, in fact, as yeah. um, Mass Effect 1, Witcher yeah. 1 came that out. Kind of got, that kind of got overlooked, though. But that's, like... <laughs> well, it was PC only, so it was yeah. kind of, kind of out, a little bit outside of the more mainstream, I suppose. They mm. were supposed to be making a console port, but apparently they... Uh, the company that they outsourced it to weren't doing very well and CD project shut it down. But um, yeah, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head that had voice protagonists, to be honest. I mean, even now it's kind of not a rare thing, but you've got like Bethesda, even up to Skyrim didn't do it. Your protagonist is silent in Skyrim and Fallout three and Fallout so, four was the yeah. first one where they sort of went and did that and people yeah. didn't like it. I, I quite liked it. I never liked a silent protagonist. I've never been really been into that. I'd rather have them speak, even I'm if the it's same. yeah. I, I'm people go well. You, you, you. They want to be more immersed. They want to be feel like they're the ones in the game. I'm just like, well, I've always been. I've always wanted mm. the, the protagonist to be more fleshed out. To be honest, mm. I don't yeah, want I'm the to same. be a blank generally... game generally not that much of a mm. fan of silent protagonists i much prefer yeah. them to talk even if they don't say exactly what i want them to say at least they're kind mm. of at least they feel like a character yeah and i'm just thinking about it now like dragon age one your character was silent as well silent, and came out yeah. after mass yeah. effect came out 2009 i think if i'm 2010 somewhere around I th- there i think it came out late 2009 because i do remember playing that late 2009 then a year later in 2000 maybe 2011 mass uh, Dragon Age 2 came out, mm. which had a very rushed development and stuff, which is another game that's underrated. I, I stand by that game. I think that game is really underrated. It really is. good game. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a gem. 
You know, like it's not it's um, not a polished game by any means, and there's some problems with it. But I think it's better than most, uh, quite a lot of RPGs that were released at that time. Yeah, sort of in hindsight, a lot of people point as that as to to sort of point to that and say, oh, this is like the that was like the start of the downturn for Bioware. But I think Ooh. any problems you have with Dragon Age Two, and you can have problems with it. They they reused a lot of content, but that's that's on EA as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I Which, like what Bioware tried to do in it. I thought okay. it was pre- a good game. Before we get any, any any further, I have to make a full disclosure. My my company that I work for, we work our client. One of our clients is EA, so I can't say anything bad about EA. So um, <laughs> I'll uh, do it. You you can do it, but um, I'm not. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't say anything <sighs> bad. Roll about my sleeves it. up. <laughs> yeah, roll, get get stuck in there, and I'll just be quiet. <laughs> um, but let, let's let's go back to Mass Effect. Um, like out of all three of the games, uh, I'm pretty confident on on your, what your answer is going to be. Which one was your favourite? Mass Effect One. Mass Effect One. Um, I did mention that on our vid- on our YouTube video that Mass Effect One was yours and I favourite one out of all of them. Mass Effect Two is a is a better game, like technically, like the gameplay's better. It's uh, more of a sort of like as a uh, game, yeah. as a game, technically and visually, it's, it's better. But um, as an RPG, Mass Effect One is a, it's just a better RPG because it is an RPG. It's just it's how it is. It's just an RPG with like it had janky combat. Let's, let's face it, but it was still an RPG. Mass Effect Two was more. It was like in in the transition sort of thing. It it focused more on its combat, it stripped away its RPG elements. And Mass Effect Three, I thought, was a very good shooter with RPG elements in it. The way I look at it is Mass Effect 1 is an action RPG. Mm. Mass Effect 2 is a third-person shooter with RPG elements. Really? Mass Effect 3 is a third-person shooter with some abilities. With some... (laughs) some Yeah, because, like, when you... Playing... When I played all three prologues, you could really tell the difference. It really can tell the difference, even in the first 20 minutes of each one. Because I remember that um, when I was editing down Mass Effect, the, the, the video of each prologue, I was like, oh, man, I'm the most editing I had to do was Mass Effect 1 because it had so much dialogue. It was a, it's just very dialogue heavy. And the dialogue tri- um, wheel, which I never realised that it was a pan- patented of Bioware. Yeah. The dialogue wheel was patented. And I never mm. realised that. But that Bioware actually patented that to, so they're the only ones who can use this sort of dialogue wheel. But yeah, you go into that; it's very sl- it starts off slow, even though there is lot is action in ver- and the um, Eden Prime. Eden Prime, yeah. yeah. But it's very dialogue heavy. I mean, you can go and talk to various other characters and have like t- ten to fifteen minutes if you go through every dialogue option of of, of conversation with them. Obviously, I, I I rushed through that just to get down to Eden Prime because otherwise the video would have been an hour long. But when I played two, there was still dialogue. It. it was still dialogue, <laughs> but it was straight into it. It was a very action. Thing. I will say though, the intro to Master Effect Two is so good. So I I, I um I I, no, I don't want to I don't want to look like I'm slating it because I think it's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, one is just my favorite for yeah. some reasons, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Touch and then you can you can tell that they they've the, the main focus was on combat and two and three was just action 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 and then I mentioned it I looked I was like wow 
because I, I think I can speak for both of us when we when we first played. We're going, wow, where's that dialogue? <laughs> like you had two like dialogue choices. Yeah. Uh, in some like, loads of them. It, so it's like the whole the wheel was like a spider in the other yeah. two games, and they mess with it. It's like that. Mess with three rather. Yeah, it's just like two options. It's, just, like, it's wow. like nice, nice guy, asshole. Yeah. Those are your options. They 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 wanted you. They, it was very streamlined. They wanted you to get to the combat and to the action and to the set pieces. Mm. The way it was, it was just like bam, bam, bam. We'll hit you with everything. Um, which I still like Dark Mass Effect Three. Don't get me wrong. I I, I don't. I, I genuinely that. think yeah. it's a really good game. Really, honestly, but I, I think I think it's out of the whole trilogy. It's the weakest of the three. But it's still yeah, it's, good. It's the weakest of the Mass Effect series in the way that I'd say. Halo 2 is the weakest of the original Halo trilogy. Doesn't mean I think it's bad. I still think it's a really good game, but the other two are better. Yeah. Um, Mass Effect 1 for me is better because, I mean, I just think it's got a better story for one. It got better, and protect- uh, better antagonist as well. Better Saren antagonist. Was, yeah. Was Saren really was good. good. Saren and then spoilers, Sovereign after that. But also, it just, the fact that it was, it was doing the whole world building thing. It was creating the universe mm. that the rest of the games take place in. Mm. I just, it just resonated a lot better with me. I mean, with Mass Effect 1, they had the codex. You can go in and, and you can like um, click. There was like all hidden like bits and pieces throughout the world that you, you click on. And the dialogue, not just, it, it was like loads of dialogue, but a lot of the dialogue fully was fully, fully voiced. So it was flashing out the in world. In 2185. Yeah. And I think in Mass Effect 2 they had that, but it was very short, like paragraphs. Mass Effect 3 didn't have anything, I don't think, just very small, like four or five sentences. Like, I'd imagine or, they probably had data that showed that like 3% of people even looked at the codex and stuff. Well, I read the codex. Probably like I, you I, and like a handful of other people. I, I listened to it. I, I, um, I completed Mass Effect 1 about probably about four to five times. And with Mass Effect One, you can you can do a new game plus. I'm pretty sure you can do that with the other two as well. So you can just carry over your all your um, all your all your um, abilities and and your leveling, so which you needed to do if you wanted to reach the level cap because you couldn't yeah. hit the level cap on the first playthrough on the original. The level cap was sixty, wasn't it? I think it was fifty on your first playthrough and then sixty on 60 an NG plus. Yeah. So you had to had to roll that character again to yeah. get to sixty, but. Another thing, like what? Now let's praise a bit of let's praise Mass, Mass Effect trilogy as a whole for the, your ability to carry over your saves, your choices to each game. Um, even though, like three, there were, people would say the ending, but we'll we'll discuss that in a bit. Um, but yeah, that was. I think that was. Uh, can you think of any other game series that allow you to carry over your 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 choices, your abilities? But- Honestly, the only one I can think of that even comes close is another Bioware series, and that's Dragon Age. That lets you carry over like world state and stuff mm-hmm. between games. And um, obviously, you couldn't do that with Inquisition because it was on a whole different generation. You had so to use that Dragon that Keep. Dragon Age Dragon Keep. Keep. Yeah, I remember that. That was good though. I, yeah, that I enjoyed. Good. I enjoyed yeah. using that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I can't think of any others that actually do. Like games have kind of dabbled with it in the past, like Shenmue on the Dreamcast, let you carry over collectibles and stuff like that to Shenmue 2 if you had to save on your system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it let you carry over like your money and like your capsule toys and stuff. But nothing like to the scale of Mass Effect. Like people, people give Bioware a lot of shit for not 
honouring their choices, as they would say, in regards to the ending, which we'll come to. But I do not envy them the task of having to carry all those decisions over because there's so much stuff. And um, mm-hmm. it must have been, like, literally no, as far as I can remember, no game had ever done anything like that to that scale before. So they get fucking props from me for trying that's, and that's what mostly me, succeeding. That's what made me, like, like fall in love with Bioware, those sort of things they did there with carrying over all your... Because it was like carrying over a part of yourself because you spent hours and how many odd, like, how many years over to each game it's just like part of yourself was carrying over because obviously that's your you your, that's your input that's your choices the way you played the game and that's carrying your over shepherd. Your, your shepherd and you get to import your the the um the the, the 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 appearance and everything i always chose the standard like default shepherd um i played as male shepherd i know you played as a female and male um but i normally played as the default male whose character model was based on a on a dutch on a dutch model um, Mark Vandaloo, I think. So, yeah. Apparently, that's who Zoolander was meant to be a parody of. Really, <laughs> Vandaloo Zoolander, <laughs> very good-looking guy, I mean, I say. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, like, uh, I bit... just interject. It does surprise me yeah. that you never played Femship, given how much you're a fan of Jen Hale you are. I'm a big fan of Jen Hell. I really like Jen, but I, I never played. I don't know. Like it, it just takes. Is it just because she's too tied up as Bastila to you? Bast Bastila, yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know. I never liked Fem Shep's voice. If I'm going to be brutally honest, I didn't really like it. I always heard it, and it just sounded like very. It sounded like a woman trying to sound like. Because I know what Jen's how can I say this without coming off as, as an careful. Um, it sounded like she, she was putting on a very masculine voice, and it's quite similar. I'm going to compare it to a game I, I'd be playing a lot, which is Apex Legends. And there's a there's a legend on there called Bangalore, and she sounds a lot like Femship. Was like, yeah, I'm very like like I got I go drills, I go uh, I go shooting on my spare time. It's like, uh, you know, I, it just. It doesn't. It just sounds a bit, a bit like too. I don't want to say masculine. It just sounds like they're trying to sound too tough. Where it didn't sound natural to me. When with with the shepherd's voice, which was um, voiced by Mark Mir, it sounded more. Na- it just sounded like him. Just it was just his voice, really. <laughs> it, like you pretty much. But with Jim Hell, she was putting on a voice. I have I have seen bit, other people say that that yeah. they found femship a bit forced. Yeah, I found um, it forced. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't sit right with me. I maybe. think. I think there might be something in that for the first game, but in the second and third, I think she sounds a lot more sort of relaxed in the role. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a it's a possibility. Like they didn't give uh, they, the, a lot of the the advertising and promotion was all focused on the first, especially the first and second game. I want to say it was more on the male. It wasn't until people like fan outcry was that that they started promoting the fem the female shepherd. But they sort of did it equally. They didn't just focus on her. Um, but because, like, I remember her her default character face on Mass Effect One. They it, it just looked like a generic like character from the from the game, it looked like an NPC. It wasn't until I think Mass Effect Three where they actually like designed it properly and gave it like sort of character, you know, with the red hair and the freckles and stuff. And speaking of which, the uh, steelbook from the Mass Effect Three. 
for yeah. exhibition front man yeah. dude ship yeah it's the film ship design you're talking about yeah so if you're listening all... on audio go and watch this on youtube because yeah very unhelpful well um yeah Roy just held up the steel book um the um the, if i could give a it, it just looked like she had bad pa- plastic surgery sometimes as well it didn't look natural because like the male one was based on the natural person no was that a face scan wasn't it's, it? it's a face scan so it looked more natural with the with the um with the female one it wasn't so it, it was just like looked, a character creator yeah it just looked basically it just, she just had dead eyes and a dead face and i don't know maybe it just didn't really gel with me um yeah i've got to say like we like as much as I love Mass Effect One, which I think is personally the strongest out of all three with the better story, well building. It was more of an RPG. It felt like a mix between Star Wars and Star Trek, which mm. had it had you know, like they all had like there was bioic powers, which is pretty much the force. You know, you can push and pull and collect collect uh, create singularities and stuff like that. But it also was very serious. It, it, like if the, the codexes would go into to depth about how dark matter worked and how the mass effect relays worked and how the you know how they would element travel around zero and everything. element zero yeah yeah it's a very it's a very very well done balance of like kind of sort of harder edged sci-fi more grounded sci-fi where you kind of you explain how things work and why you know, like mm. why Element Zero enables like biotics and stuff like this, mm. but then you also actually have like more sci fantasy stuff like biotics, which is literally it's literally space magic, mm. but it's explained in a hard sci fi way. Mm-hmm. And it's just the first game, the, the the way they created that universe, fleshed it out, and actually made it feel like it made sense is just probably another reason why the first one's my favorite because all that stuff was just there. Mm-hmm. And then they just sort of introduced it as the game went on. And um, it's also got my favourite arc in the trilogy, which is going from like the Maya to Ilos and then back to the Citadel. That whole arc in the game is so good. Like yeah, the we, end of the Maya where yeah. you make a big choice and then you go to Ilos and speak. Oh, we, we, are we... We have spoilers. So I mean, the game is old. But I know people probably be playing the legendary okay. for the first time. I'll keep it light. I'm not going to go into yeah. any detail or yeah. anything, but just yeah. that's just one of my favorite. That's probably mm. one of my favorite sort of like mini narrative arcs in any mm. game. That little that that particular part of Mass Effect One. Yeah, it's so good. But like, what I have to say with Mass Effect Two, which I really like, was the suicide mission, building your squad. Doing the loyalty missions was a good thing. That was pretty I'm putting hard. a team yeah, together, yeah. the lo- assembling your squad, then doing their loyalty missions and doing their loyalty missions would ensure their loyalty, but it wouldn't ensure that they would survive because at the suicide mission, there are choices you have to make, which puts each, which you have to use each of your team's abilities, but you have to choose the correct party member to, to put in that situation maximize and like when they said like, i remember i think by was, was saying that well, your, your whole team could die even shepherd i was like oh, no, you wouldn't do that you're talking about <laughs> no way like i know in mass effect one you've had you, there are pi certain pipe members that can die but in mass effect 2, everyone could die and there are multiple endings or the same ending but with like slightly with characters variations variations um 
but um when i when i first met i painstakingly made sure that each party member was going to survive yeah uh, i had like i, I did like, everything I in that game yeah. to yeah. make sure that everyone would survive it yeah even like there's a section in the game where you like you you lose your crew basically and your crew like not not in terms of your the your your, your like squad. support crew basically support your the the, the, the Mandy the Mandy Normandy crew <laughs> could could they could they could all die and I I had to make sure that most of them survived so it was very tense I remember playing the the last uh, the the suicide run and I was very tense when I, when I first played it obviously when multiple playthroughs you know what to do so it's less it's less stressful you know that these characters are going to survive no matter what. Um, but first time playing it, I was like, well, I, I can't make a mistake here. Like logically, you would think like there's 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 one scenario where you have to use a biotic, and there's another one character perps perps in going, Well, if I'm a biotic, so I can technically do it. And I was like, Well, no, not you. You're a biotic, but you're not a powerful biotic. No, yeah, you're not the best yeah, biotic. Not I need biotic. the best. I need the best. And there are two characters that you can choose from who are like supremely powerful in biotics. So you can either choose one of those two, but like you're saying that there are characters who can use biotics, and you could put them in there, and they could they could die because they're not. They might be biotics, but they're not powerful biotics. So stuff like that, what you got to think about. So I, I, that nearly had me. Then I was like, oh, I could no, no, no. It, it is very yeah. tense doing your first yeah. run through it. And you're like, oh my god, you're actually giving choice wrong choice. Yeah. Someone's going to yeah. die for yeah. good. Yeah. And that's yeah. another thing that kind of kind of made things difficult for Bioware going into Mass Effect 3 because they have to account for all of those decisions as well. And mm-hmm. like if like they have to have an outcome in Mass Effect 3 for every single one of those characters that might be dead. Yeah. I mean yeah. that's 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 making stuff so hard for te- yourself. Te- like story wise and 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 te- technically it was a great achievement for what they did. I thought it all sort of co- even though the games changed over the course of the years, it's still to still sort of have a cohesive narrative was a was a was a, a remarkable achievement. A lot of people, including myself, was was let down with the with the, with the ending. I, I wasn't a big fan of it at the time, and there was a movement for them to redo the ending, which um, they didn't redo it, but they expanded upon the ending. Extended uh, cut, which yeah, I've never I, actually seen. I've, only, yeah. I've still only played Mass Effect three once. I I've, I'm, I played. I loaded this a pre saved game and and played through that. And it's just an additional like uh, cutscenes and stuff. Not too much new. They don't change. There's a like. Um, we're gonna go into we're gonna go into freeze ending, which was they they gave you a, a multiple choice. It was three endings originally. There was the synergen. Where you uh, merge with the with machine, there was destroy the reapers, and there was control control the reapers, which I I thought well, I chose. We'll talk about your choice in a minute. Destroy the reapers because that was the whole point, but it also meant destroying all all uh, artificial life as well. So all your like the Geff and you know you. Can, and um ed and stuff they all die and basically all technology dies um destroys the whole destroys every relay, relay so like basically the whole all galaxies galaxies all systems will be shut off from each other 
um, which is not a great ending when, when you think about it. Um, but which ending did you choose? I did the same. Hmm. I think some people at Bioware have kind of said over the years, sort of like hinted that synthesis was kind of what they envisioned the ending being, but I don't think anyone, I think that was, I think that's the least picked ending. I don't think anyone really liked the idea of that one. Hmm. Um, yeah. Cause that's, that, that kind of like takes away yeah. a lot of your agency as well, because then you're kind of, you're forcing the entire galaxy to be, basically fused with like, artificial intelligence and machines mm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't really any good choices, which I think is what annoyed people the most. All of the choices have severe downsides. I think, I do think most people probably went with destroy. So that's probably the least bad one, but I think, I think what annoyed people, even if they didn't really know how to articulate it, is there wasn't a good ending. Like, yeah. It was basically three shades of bad ending, really. It's quite like the um, oh, saying, saying we were talking about voice protagonists, and I'm I just thought the, the, the game has a similar ending, which has a voice protagonist, which was Deus Ex, the original Deus Ex that had a voice protagonist, JC, it did, yeah. And that was uh, that came out a few years before which Mass was Effect. Like two, 2000, I think, Deus yeah. Ex was, I think so, yeah. If I could, could be, yeah, I think it was, and that had three choices as well to end the game, similar to that. Um, so people were like, Well, is this just you know, especially like the older gamers and the people played on PC? Well, this is just that ending <laughs> just done again. You've just but ripped off Deus Ex. The thing is, with Mass Effect, especially the story, the overall arching story against the Reapers, who were the, uh, the main antagonists, they were kind of ripped themselves into a corner because the Reapers were so over- overwhelmingly powerful that there was no conventional way of beating them. And I remember in Mass Effect 3 that they, there was this, early on in the game, it's not much of a spoiler, but you find a thing called the Crucible, which is basically a deus ex machina thing way to, to, to beat them. And it's kind of like funny that you they found the this. MacGuffin. Just, yeah, it's just the MacGuffin, just the way of like, oh, we found this one item that could can beat the Reapers. Like, <laughs> Fancy oh, that. Fancy <laughs> that. Just when they're attacking, we um, happened to found this, which was buried on, on Mars or something like that. I was like, oh, cool. When I was, <laughs> I was having like, when I was playing through, I was like, I was like, oh, God. This is like they've. I, I could. I was like, oh, they. They sort of written. I was just expecting clever writing and clever ideas to to, to work their way around to, of finding a way of us beating them. But when the game is so action orientated, I was like, well, it's just basically arenas where you just go there, defeat waves of enemies, and re- rinse and repeat, really. So and I was like, oh, with the well, odd chat sprinkled in. Yeah, with the odd chat, and you had character moments, which was all based on the Citadel area. It was like the hub. Um, so when they were like, when the, the red signs, the, the warning signs were starting to go, I was like, oh man, like the writing's gone from the first two really to more dumbed down sort of action sort of thing. And I was like, oh, how are they going to, now Bioware, I trust Bioware, they're going to find a really clever way of, like ways of defeating the Reapers, which they kind I of think, didn't in a way. Yeah, they I think didn't. what happened there is because Drew Carpesian, who wrote one and I think was the lead writer on two, if I remember correctly, going back a ways now. He left between two and three, didn't he? Yeah. And then someone else, 
was it Mac Waters? I can't remember now. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. Someone else picked up three, and they, there are there are narrative threads in two that make you think, oh, that's this is where this is going. Oh, was that like, the, the the mission where you, you recruit Tally? There was something about that. Dark energy. Dark energy, yeah. Stuff, yeah, we won't go mm. too far into it. But mm. there, were, there were definite narrative threads really. that seemed to be... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed to be hinting at like yeah. where the where the story was going to go in the mm. next game. And then in Mass Effect 3, it's just completely not mentioned. So mm. it makes me think, oh, that was what Drew Carpesian wanted to do. It, it's and basically... It right, came in and was like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. It's basically just a generic man, uh, human... Um, um, for, sort of like uh, organics versus machines, really. That's what it really came down to. Because I remember, like, when I first played Mass Effect One, you encounter Sovereign for the first time, and the speech he gives goes, "We are all one nation. We are all independent. We all think like each so- each Reaper was like built up from like um, from conquered or reprocessed like um, organics." They all had like a thinking mind. Each one was like a planet on to themselves. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh my god, how the hell are you going to beat them? Do you know what I mean? They're all like they're in, they like were far. Each one was like a compound intelligence, yeah. essentially. Each and each plant, each each reaper could take down a fleet pretty easily. And any organic which comes in contact with a reaper, which they, which would start getting indoctrinated, which was a, a, a theme throughout Mass Effect One. But sovereign, what sovereign? Saren was indoctrinated. The matriarch uh, was Venezia. She was indoctrinated. They were all indoctrinated. Basically, like organics have, are susceptible to be indoctrinated. Um, but they, they that sort of went out the window in Mass Effect Three. Really, like they all. Like, I think all there was just... one character that was like very obviously indoctrinated and, and oh, didn't yeah. believe it themselves. Uh, but yeah. I think that was the only kind of. Thread of that that was in Mass Effect Three, if, if I can remember. Mm. But yeah, I mean we're ragging on Mass Effect Three a bit, and there is there are things to pull at and pick at, but there are still some really good moments in that game. Yeah, it was sprinkled with good moments. Don't get me wrong. Of course, they... some of the moments are like genuine, like top oh. of the tree. Some of the best moments in the trilogy, but yeah. it's just Mass Effect One and Two would like this mm. up high. Mass Effect Three was like this. Um, for the for the, for the audio listeners. Like Roars is doing the uh, waving like, my fingers, waving about. his fingers, like to to indicate like the high bar that they were setting. And then Mass Effect Three kind three of was, had peaks and troughs. Peaks really. and it was going up and down. So um, uh, you had some great moments, like Morden. I mean, we're not going to go into spoilers, but anyone listening that's played it, you'll know what I mean when I talk mm. about the Morden moment. And then mm. shooting cans with Garrus on the Citadel—that was good. Mm-hmm. I never missed a shot. Nobody beats Shepard. No, I didn't miss. I didn't. I was like, I'm gonna fuck you, fuck off, Garris. I'm the best one. <laughs> I remember people on forums at the time was like, yeah, I missed this shot and let him have this moment. So I was like, no, nah, fuck that. Mm, nah, I'm uh, Shepherd. I'm, I'm Commander Motherfucking Shepherd. <laughs> Put um, this guy in his place. You're number yeah. two, mate. It was good. Like Garris was basically like your best friend because in throughout the whole trilogy, there was only two party members that were consist that stayed with you in each game, which was Tally. And Garrus, they were both in. They're both your party members in one, two, and three. And they could also end up together. They could end up together, yeah. Uh, unless they died in two, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you know, <laughs> and, and nothing can help them. Then no, no, nothing can help. They'll just, it'll just be. So the thing is, I always thought about that. I was like, 
I was like, wow, what if all your, like, pretty much all your party members, apart from, like, I don't know, say Jack was still alive, then who's going to populate your party in, 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 in free? I was thinking about that. I was like, who are they going to be? Obviously, they, they just, compensate. Just grunt. They, they, compensa- <laughs> they compensated with that. No, he could die in, as well in, in two, can't he? You can't get him killed. Yes. yes. You can. Yeah. So, um, or you can never open up the, the cryo. You can, yeah, you can option, leave him in cryo. Just leave him yeah. in cryo. Um, but they did compensate for, there were new party members, obviously, James Fager and a body, and Edie with her own body. and With a, um, with a camel toe for some reason. I wonder if they got rid of that in the. I don't room. know why they did that, but they did. Yeah, why did she? Yeah, oh my god. Um, She's for a fucking cam- robot, for God's sake. It, people who don't know what a camato is, just look it up. We're not going to mention what it is. Um, I wonder if just they got know rid- that it was unnecessary. Yeah. So yeah, there was her, either Ashley or Kalink- Kalinko. Yeah, Caden or Ashley. Yeah, one or the other. Which my, in my one was always Ashley because Caden was just so boring. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty God. bland. Yeah. Oh, I got a headache from my implants. <laughs> I ever tell you about the time I accidentally killed somebody because yeah. I'm a crazy biotic? <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. Really? Shepherd. You? Because yeah. yeah. you're so boring. It's just so no, boring. I'm a stone cold murderer. <laughs> but that was also another voice actor from Knights of the Old Republic. Old Republic, yeah. He, he played um, Carfa and Nassi. So uh, Bioware would um, call on their old friends from the old days and uh, get them work again. That was <laughs> that was the one reason I was like hesitant to let him die because when I first fired up the game and you meet Caden, I was like, oh, it's Carth. No, I, I, to be honest, I was like, what the hell with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even, I didn't have to think about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're going to die, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's... Um, I think I let him live in yeah. one playthrough because I did four or five playthroughs of Mass Effect 1. Yeah. And Liara can live as well. So mm-hmm. she can live throughout, like, because she's not a party member in, in two, and I don't think you could kill her in one. But she turns up in three as well, which was also a good touch. They also enhanced her a lot, if you know what I mean, <laughs> visually. I mean, they yeah, they kind of she's- went on... On they, that kind of a sexy thing with Mass Effect Three, they did it with Ashley as well. Yeah, they sexed them up a bit. They um, turned Ashley from like a fairly, like, just normalish looking yeah. human soldier, albeit in bubblegum pink armor for some reason. Uh, and then in Mass Effect Three, she's like a space hottie. Yeah, with like full face of makeup and yeah. her hair done and everything. I always in my canon, in my head canon. She, after like Shepard died and then came back, she was like, "Well, I, I want him back. I'm gonna like <laughs> really. Go, I'm gonna pay for surgery and have a like have have a sexy have a haircut like and put lip lip balm on and basically make myself up to attract him again. That was my hair cannon. That's she how saw Miranda I and she was like, "Shit, I got to yeah. compete." Yeah, so that's how basically I thought it was. <laughs> um, but that's just my own hair cannon. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, it was some great overall. Like I think Mass Effect. If we ignore the ending, which I think you weren't too bothered about, you kind of. I found it a bit underwhelming, but I wasn't yeah. that fussed about it because a, a lot of the game felt like an ending. Mm. Like you had like a, that moment I mentioned with Garrus. That feels like kind of a closing of that kind of 
mm-hmm. friendship thread, if you like. And then there's the whole final mission on Earth, which, again, not going into spoilers, just very light that the last mission is on Earth. Um, that whole mission feels like an ending. And then you pretty much say goodbye to your whole team at the end of it. So that felt like kind of sort of closing the end mm. of it. And then anything after that was kind of less important, mm. I guess, for me personally, because I mm. felt like for mm. me, it was like the journey with the characters was kind of. It's about the journey, not the ending. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was about the, the characters and the, like, the team you built and the friends you made. The real, the real ending was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> in, in, that, in this case, I, I agree with it because we all got right. attached to each yeah. party member, but, really, in our own But way. that was, but kind of having those moments with the characters, that kind of closed the story for me a bit. And then after that, I was like, all right, now we can just go and end this thing. So I was, while I was underwhelmed by the ending, I wasn't like mad about it like a lot of people were. And I, I'm not saying people are wrong to be mad. It's up to every person that plays it to decide how they feel about it personally. Just for me, it was mostly just kind of like, oh, all right. Oh, that happened. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go on with my life. I think because <laughs> a lot of people put a lot of time and the, the energy and soul and love into this franchise. And for it, I mean, I get it. I did an too. Underwhelming and underwhelming ending kind of felt like a kick in the teeth, which I don't think was Bioware's intention. But I can sort of see, like, because me, I was like, well, that was a waste of time then. <laughs> Just sort of went, yeah. oh, okay. I, to- I totally get it because yeah. I, I, I invested a lot into it as well. But it's just personally, it, it, like I say, the ending to me felt like that moment when you say goodbye to your friends. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand people being upset with it. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. didn't, it just didn't hit me in that same kind of way, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Like, it, it affected, if, I don't want to say like it's a world-shattering event, but it affected people in various ways. A lot of people... There was some uh, rage. Yeah, a lot of people were angry. A lot of people were angry. And they still are. I don't think a lot of people are forgiven Bioware, especially with the follow-up with Andromeda. Because that was... And then then Anthem. And then Anthem. And then whatever they're going to do next, which I think is Mass Effect 4, which is going to be a continuation of the current story, which I can... Casey Hudson's left again. Again. He's just... The guy can't catch a break. Jesus Christ. How many times has he left and come back? Um... Which Mass Effect Four is going to be a continuation of the original trilogy? If I seems to be that, that I think they put out, that's blatantly Liara in that teaser. I don't think. Well, she can live for thousands of years because well, she's yeah. a, she's an sorry, but um, I don't think they should go there. To be honest with you, I think that's done. That 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 whole that's a, a galaxy wide conflict, which yeah, well, I I, I, I mean, can't see them them going back to that or making. A good story of it. Where can they go though? I mean, they yeah. tried. They tried a, a fresh new start, and it kind of sucked. The fresh I new mean, start. The fresh new start. I don't think they went. They 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 went with the 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 the, the um, idea of exploring a new galaxy far enough. The 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 the, 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 the races you encounter were just similar to the ones you encounter on in the uh, Milky Way. They should should have gone really out there. And really had some weird aliens and cultures. Well, you say the races. Aliens. There was only one race. There's only one. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, there were. It was. They were the same ones. Oh, yeah. So one race, 
which was like a, just another set of bipedal aliens. Yeah. So, and it, it just didn't feel like you were in another, I want to say another world, but in another, another, another galaxy. galaxy. You could have just been in another star system yeah. in the, in the Milky Way. Yeah, so, they definitely, yeah. they definitely didn't. My biggest issue with Mass Effect Andromeda is that it feels like it's, there's a complete lack of ambition and mm. imagination in it. And that ties directly into what you're saying with, it doesn't feel like they went far enough. They went, they kind of had the idea of like, what if Mass Effect won, but the uncharted planets bit that everyone hated, but good and massive, and you just drive around in your rover and explore massive open worlds. And then they just kind of cut bits back, and the ambition was kind of there in the systems, but then they end up cutting a lot of it out because there were supposed to be thousands of like procedurally generated planets that you yeah, could that, that, everything. That was never going to end up being like 10 planets, I think. 10 and, or, um, already established planets. Um, but yeah, was, there was no ambition in the story. There was no ambition in the setting. I, I, like no a, imagination. A gripe I have with Andromeda as well is like, we they went over there in these um, arcs to, repo- to sort of explore and settle the new... Andromeda Galaxy, the world, the Andromeda Galaxy. And when you wake up, like um, when you when you arrive at the Andromeda system, there's already been settlements and, and establishments by our, by people from our galaxy. So I was just like, well, I'm basically, I'm playing this, like I might as well be in the Milky Way. Like, all the races you encounter were races from our bloody um, solar system, from our, from our galaxy, from the Milky Way. And except been the Corians, <laughs> except no, yeah, no Corians, no Corians uh, were. They allowed. got lost out in dark space. Yeah, so I was just like, oh, so this is just like I, I'm basically playing Mass Effect Four in the Milky Way. There was nothing new about it, you know. So it was. Um, I think they let they played it too safe. They let. An ambition to really push. They could have pushed the envelope and really gone out there. But I think the main issue is that it was it was the first single player game from the basically the studio that did the Mass Effect Three multiplayer. Mm. I just don't think they were really equipped to to lead development on a new Mass Effect, and that showed in the final project because it was a mess. It was a mess. It's just it's like talked about this on the podcast. couple of times because i played it recently um because i was in a mass effect mood because well, waiting for the legendary edition i thought there's no point replaying like the 360 versions now when the when the remaster is going to be out in a few months so i picked up andromeda again and i'd got about halfway through it when it first came out and dropped it and i played through it again finished it this time and i had to force myself to finish it it's not a good game oh. it really isn't the combat's decent but you get sick of that after a while. Everything else just kind of sucks. Mm. I didn't really care about much of the cast. I think Vetra is the only one of the cast that I care to see more about. And she's she's the female Turian, right? Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah. The rest of them are just kind of... They're, yeah. they're fine. They'd be fine in like a 6 out of 10 RPG, but they're not Mass Effect characters. Mm. So I don't know where they go from here, because... It's going to be an uphill battle either way, following on because they're going to have to have a canon ending of one of those ones that everybody hated and lead mm. off from that. 
if they if they do that, which it looks like they're going to, or if they start afresh again, they're going to actually have to bother this time and show mm. a bit of imagination, a bit of ambition with it. Because I don't think anyone wants another Andromeda. Yeah. If they put out another game of Andromeda's quality, I don't think I'd play it. Yeah. Okay. Um, any last thoughts? Any last... Um, if you see my hand going, I'm stroking my cat. <laughs> it kind of looks to, like yeah. you're like touching up Morgana. Uh, I'm just t- yeah, well, he's a black cat as well. So <laughs> Morgana's a black and white cat. But um, any last thoughts? Any last thing you want to uh, say about Mass Effect? We've tried to be pretty spoiler free hmm. with this while also kind of referencing some of the moments we loved throughout the series. Hmm. If you haven't played it, and you've always been kind of curious, grab the, the uh, Legendary Edition. It's like 50 quid, three massive games. It'll keep you going for weeks. Definitely it, try it. It includes all the DLCs from each game as well. Except for Pinnacle Station. Oh, shit. They're not, what, from the first one? Yeah. It's not They're on not oh. Apparently they lost the source code to it, so they couldn't do anything with it. But it, was, it wasn't that. It was, it was meh anyway. So it wasn't great. How many how many DLCs was there in the, in the Mass Effect one? Two for Mass Effect one. There was Pinnacle Station and Bring Station. Down the Sky. Bring Down the Sky was good. That was the Terrian terrorist. Terrian system one. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's everything else is there. Even all like the armor and weapon packs and everything. All that stuff's in there. Bring yeah. Down uh, Pinnacle Station is the only piece of content that isn't there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check it out if you've always been curious but never got into it. They are very even three. As we mm. said, it's still a very good game. It has some issues, but all three mm. of them are very good games. One and mm-hmm. two, especially. Yeah. And, One and um, two. One thing I want to say about two, and I think we both always mention this when we have our discussions about Mass Effect, after, especially when we have a few drinks, is Mass Effect 2's seeing, like, after each mission, there's sort of like a um mission summary screen summary god i hate it so much i really hated that i was like why uh, it stops the flow of the game and it makes it more like it's uh it makes it feel more like a mission-based action game that was if they'd have they if they'd have done nothing else with mass effect 2 in this remaster but taken those screens out i would have been over the moon Mm -hmm. they could have left the game entirely as it was but taken Mm -hmm. those out Mm -hmm. but it's so it's yeah, it's just like the first game just flows like you finish a mission, cutscene, and go straight into the next sort of story beat. Mass Effect mm-hmm. 2, you finish a mission, then you get just a static screen with the elusive man mm-hmm. smoking a cigarette and telling you what everything that you did in that mission. So mm-hmm. I know I did it. I know mm-hmm. I did that. I did it. You don't yeah. have to tell me. And then you have yeah. to like click through it and then you're on to the next story beat. And I hate it so much. I don't know why those are in the. They suck. Yeah. But besides that, great, great game. It is a fantastic game. Great game. Yeah. Great. Great. I think score. Eurogamer gave it a ten out of ten at the time. I'd, I'd probably stay. Still say yes. I probably I think they gave one more. a seven out of ten, and that's just wrong. Yeah. Well, it's because it's a new IP. I think you know, they they were. Did they have? Did they have any issues with it? Was it, it was it buggy? I can't remember. Um, I think it, there were some it, performance issues. The, the combat was, I remember being really janky. Like, it was, but you could really exploit it as well because mm. um, 
Powers had individual cooldowns. This is something else I rant about as well. Powers mm. in Mass Effect 1 had individual cooldowns, so you could use all of your powers once, and then they'd each have their own cooldown timer. Mass Effect 2 used one power, all of them go on cooldown. Mm. So in Mass Effect 1, if you were like playing as a biotic, you could use lift to take someone off their feet, and then you could use push to throw them. Mm. And, um, you can't do that in Mass Effect 2. You have to ask one of your team to do one of them. So you have to push and then you have to ask them to lift or the other way around. And I hate that. Mm. I don't know why they did that. I would have rather they had individual cooldowns. But other mm. than that, great game. Great game. Except from when enemies li- literally run at you. <laughs> like kamikaze, just like, ah, oh, enemies are everywhere. <laughs> I will like, destroy you. <laughs> just like shooting at them. Well, oh, Jesus Christ, they just run at you. <laughs> Uh, That's another thing. If you're going to play these games, get used to hearing enemies are everywhere and I will destroy you because you'll hear it a lot. The the, um, enemy AI wasn't very good. It's like the equivalent of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Thank Mm. you. Forgot about me or whatever the hell that guy says. I've forgotten now. There's there's like battle call outs in that that just go every 10 seconds. Okay. Don't forget me. (laughs) Well, yeah. But I think we've uh, covered everything i mean we could talk more but it would talk about spoilers and stuff so i think we're gonna we're not gonna go into too many we're not gonna go into any specific details we we want you guys to experience the game especially now with the remaster and if you've never played mass effect pick up a copy and play them like they're really good you get to carry over all your saves from one game to another all your progress everything yeah, so we're not on just, commission or anything, but go yeah, out and buy it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's playing one through to three will feel like one big long story. So I recommend doing it. Go and do it. What are you waiting for? You, you fancy yeah. a big sci-fi space epic? Yeah. Go and get it. Because that's what it. it is. That's what it is. But I think we're going to leave the uh, this podcast now. Um, anything you would like to add? That, Mister Wells? What? Sorry, you finished your quantum break let's play i did um, the other day yes. so what's up what's the plans what what are your plans for more content rules have you got any ideas um i had another let's play that i was going to get started on but i'm going to put that on the back burner for a bit um yeah. i'm probably just going to do some quick look videos mm, in the next cool. sort of week or two any exploring but game passes random. or i think or just some stuff like that i'm just going to see yeah. what i've got and what i want to make a video of um yeah there might be a week or so before my next video goes up, but mm-hmm. I'm going to throw some random stuff up for a while, just cool. get a few more different things on the channel. Yep. But, um, I st- still tr- been playing. I still got to finish um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. I've left that on the back burner and neglected that. Uh, so that still needs to be finished. Um, I'm st- obviously still stream. I do in our live streams on our Twitch channel or Game with Chums. Check out like Apex, I'll, I'll be doing a, a live stream of Mass Effect uh, 1 uh, on there as well. So please have a watch if you want to see what it's like and the visuals. And if you want to buy it yourself, you can watch that, make your own decisions. But um, yeah, the, hopefully soon we'll be able to record together and especially do videos outside. And, and that probably won't be until the very much at the end of the year, but it's it's, it's getting there. But um, yeah. Mm, yeah. three next month we're yeah. gonna be halfway through the year where yeah. is it gone maybe we'll do a live maybe i'll do a live stream of my reactions to that i could put that on our twitch channel and put a little box and have me watching that 
Um, but Paulie yeah. C reacts live. Paulie C reacts live. Um, maybe I'll have Mr. Roars on there on Discord and we can both watch it together. Or even he can even have a, his own little. We can be, both be on it. We don't know. We'll see. Um, see, what we can figure see, what, see what we can figure out. But yeah, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you again in another two weeks. And uh, yeah, see you around, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.